This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe, oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is a special one, folks. I have probably the single most popular man. Well, I don't know. He has a couple of popular players, but one of the most popular people in Bramlage Coliseum. He is the architect of four appearances to the NCAA tournament, and I believe we're going to have another one. Currently the architect of the top 15 K-State women's basketball team. It is the head coach Jeff Mitty. Jeff, welcome to the show. I know it's a busy time. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, how are things going right now, uh, you know, in, in Bramwich Coliseum, in the ice training facility? I imagine you guys are on cloud nine with this hot start. Well, yeah, I mean, we're excited about the start. I think the one thing that, uh, you know, I get more excited about the practices, obviously, of improving and and those things. The games have been I, I've really enjoyed watching our team uh, grow in the games. And uh, I thought we played really well against Missouri. I thought, uh, you know, we got off to a slow start. But there's going to be a lot of scenarios where you're down 10, up 10, and, and you've got to be able to play every possession foul trouble is going to be an issue it was at Missouri but I have been really pleased with how this group has handled kind of every little adversity and then I've been pleased with the way they've gotten back into practice so we've had a couple good practices this week it's a finals week so that's always a little bit um, um, different for for your team and um, we've got three games here before the break so uh, excited to uh, uh, finish out this semester. 
for me as a fan, it doesn't feel like that long ago that you were hired. But when, when you look at it, you've been here longer than Gene Taylor. You've been here longer than almost any other head coach currently at K-State. Am I just trying to convince myself since I graduated in May of 2014 that uh, 2014 actually isn't that long ago? Or has time just flown by as fast for you as it is me? You know, I, I would agree with you. I, I, It does not feel like it's been 10 years. I mean, I... Uh... Uh, I'm fortunate to uh, have uh, enjoyed my time here. I've, I've worked for great people. You mentioned Gene Taylor, Jill Shields. Um, uh, John Curry hired me, but uh, Gene came in right away and uh, has been fantastic to work for. Um, and, and, you know, I think part of the pandemic, maybe things, while things slowed down, you almost felt like you lost a year and a half there. And I think it just kind of, flew right by and um and we're in a business now where boy you just don't get much time in the rearview mirror and you never did but um now with the transfer portal and now with things there is very little time off and very little time to to spend reflecting on anything so I think it just goes faster now but before we talk about this year you talked about the transfer portal I, I want to go back to last year and how crazy of a year was that for you? You, you think coming into it, hey, you, you might be having, uh, you know, Aokali, one of the most dominant players in basketball, not women's college basketball, not college basketball, one of the most dominant players in basketball, period. You find out she's going to be out for the year. You brought in Gabby Gregory. You have all these returning players. How much of a change was that for you guys on the fly? Uh, I, I know I think it was announced before practices got started, but how much of a change was that for you and your staff trying to figure out, okay, we, we got to change our game plan going into this season? Yeah, you know, um, we met with the doctors, I think, uh, I don't know, August 22nd, somewhere in there. And and uh, that's when it was decided that she she couldn't go. There had been a change in the knee. And, um, um, and so it was a huge change because it's not like any other position. It's, there's two positions in basketball that are going to, if you have a dominant player, it's going to be point guard and it's going to be center. The rest, you can kind of move pieces around and figure it out. But, you know, obviously our offense was built around Lee. It was built around post touches. And and you're just not going to have anybody like her. It's not like you've got some freshman that's ready to, to do it. So we totally changed. We went to where we were hunting three-pointers. We small balled it. We... Sarah Shamatsi became our center, who was really a 3-4 player. And um, it was just a very different year. And that team saw some really good moments. Um, beat Iowa in here in, in what was a fantastic game and, and saw some good moments. But we also saw some struggles along the way. And um, not unanticipated because we lost some good players. We lost Gisela Sanchez, who has turned out to be, you know, what, what we thought she was. Um uh, so we had other injuries, not just Lee, but Lee obviously was the headline of those. You mentioned some of those big wins. Also, Iowa State in that building as a ranked team, Wisconsin in a baseball stadium. Um, I, I don't have any great insightful questions about those games I'm going to move into this year. But before I, I do, I want to ask, what was it like coaching a basketball game in a domed baseball stadium? I remembered watching that on Big Ten Network, I believe it was, uh, was it K-State's 1,000th win in program history as well? Um, it, it was kind of weird to watch it. What was it like coaching in, in a domed baseball stadium? 
You know what? It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I love those kind of different environment games. I think they just give you, uh, it's just fun to be a part of those things. You know, I, uh, I've played over the years. I've taken teams over the years into ballrooms in Mexico. One year we played in Puerto Rico and it was a semi uh, outdoor stadium kind of covered so we took the wind in the second half and um um that proved to be uh we we beat DePaul by one and uh, Doug Bruno and I are good friends and and uh, we hit a three at the end and Doug goes I swear that ball moved two feet and I think he's right I think it did and um so you know you go to the baseball stadium and the lighting was different that was probably the biggest thing is you would look up and see some spots on the floor that weren't good to sh- for for a basketball game but um, great environment. You, uh, I'm a big baseball fan, so to be there, you know, to come out of the dugouts to go to a a, a basketball arena uh, or not arena, but uh, to to play right in the middle of the diamond was pretty cool. Okay, so if, uh, Gene Taylor, Jill Shields came to you and said, "Hey, we 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 will schedule a game in any unique venue you want. Do you yep. have a venue in mind that you would like to play a basketball game in?" I actually do. I actually do. I'd like to play in the. Uh, the uh, women's soccer that's being built now in Kansas city. I think it'd be cool because it's the only facility for women's only. And um, I've actually had a couple conversations. Uh, Chris long, who uh, daughter is a, a high school basketball player now. So I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll probably look at some of those things, but um, you know, I would just did the big game in the football stadium uh, drew 55,000, but I would love to uh, play one uh, along the river there in Kansas City uh, at the uh, new new soccer stadium. Yeah, so that's only about 15 miles from, from my house, and uh, traffic down there is horrible, uh, but every time I drive past it, it's gone um, up like crazy. Um, I, I want to ask, and this wasn't originally something I was going to ask, but we've seen such a groundswell support for uh, women's athletics, especially right here in the Midwest. Is there anything you can put your finger on and, and say, hey, you know, but whether it's, you know, w- what we've seen for K-State volleyball in that new arena, some of your guys' attendance, I mean, near a sellout crowd in St. Joe, Missouri, uh, off campus for both those teams. You mentioned Iowa, what Nebraska did for volleyball, that women's soccer stadium going up in Kansas City. Is there something about this region that that's really attaching themselves to the rise of college or women's sports in general? Well, I, I think obviously success breeds interest, and I think the, a lot of programs in the Midwest, but I think it goes further than that. I think there's an appreciation in high school for girls athletics. And I think there's an appreciation for that. Um, you know, um, yeah, I spent a long time in Texas and there's an appreciation there, but once you get to January, I think because of weather, their attention will go to spring football quicker than here. Their attention will go to outside sports like golf and things. You know, I always, you know, so I don't know if it's, uh, you know, partly weather related, but if you have bad basketball, nobody cares to go watch it. So you've got to have good products for people to watch. And I think there's been a good investment by, by our program here. There's been good investment in some of the programs you've mentioned uh, for our women's athletes. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll fast forward to this team, a great team. Um, we, we've talked on the podcast a couple times. This could be one of those banner type of uh, years. And, and a lot of that Aoka Lee's back, Gabby Gregory's back as well. Uh, I talked with Brian Smoller uh, about this a couple of weeks ago. And I, I want to ask you how much of a transition or how much of uh, uh, a learning curve has it been for this entire team to get Aoka Lee back? Because you have Gabby Gregory, who's a capable scorer, a volume shooter. You have your guards, Serena Sundale, Jalen, Briley, Glenn, also capable scorers. In changing it from last year, where it's hey, it's outside game, where now you have the most dominant player in basketball back. How do you balance, you know, taking the good outside shot versus making sure you're getting it inside as well? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that uh, early in the year, when we got off to a little bit of a slow start offensively, I think, you know, we were trying to turn down good shots to get great shots. And I think there's always a balance of talking to your team about, hey, that's a shot we need to, you know, trust our offense in. The, to get a better one. And so I think we're, we're constantly evolving there offensively. I don't, um, we've got a really unselfish group. So it's more about just getting them to have an awareness of, Hey, this is available to you in this action. This is the why of this. And we were curious as well as a staff of, could we marry our motion offense with getting enough high low type looks for Lee and how could we do that without calling a lot of plays and would our team embrace it? Would our team be good at it? So it's been a work in progress. I think my staff's done a great job with that. I think we've, um, uh, I I really uh, give my uh, staff a lot of credit because um, we've kind of broken down our duties staff-wise. So we've got a group that focuses more on defense. We've got a group that focuses more on offense. And I think both staffs in terms of working their areas have done very well. But offensively, um, it's been a work in progress. And I, I still think that uh, the exciting thing for me is I think this offense can get a lot better. We have got a lot of players that still need more game time. We've got a lot of players that didn't play a lot last year. And um, I think Lee is uh, close to 100%, but I, I still think there's uh, room to grow there. Yeah, you, you mentioned still time to grow in the offense. Is there anything tangible or anything you'll really be looking for on the offensive end over the next handful of games before Big 12 play starts that you say, all right, if we can see this over the next handful of games, we're, we're going to be as dangerous as we can become Big 12 play? Yeah, I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to occur over the handful of games. It's probably going to occur more in practice because the next three games, we're going to face a lot of teams playing as probably some zone, playing some different things. I think one of the things we've got to continue to improve on is playing against pressure defense. Um, it's an area that we weren't very good at a year ago. It's an area that we've got to spend time in practice. I think our our guard play is much better than a year ago. I think the addition of uh, Zy Walker uh, has made a big difference. I think the addition of Terrence Sides has made a big difference. I think the improvement of 
the Glenn twins, Sundell, but it's an area that um, we've got to continue to go up against not only ourselves, but against our practice squad guys to, uh, to improve, you know, and, and um, I don't think necessarily the next three games is going to be that because these teams play about half the time zone defense. And I think we're going to get a heavy dose of that, which will be good for us because that's an area we need to get better at. We struggled a little bit early in the game against Missouri and um, that's an area we need to improve as well. You mentioned sides and Walker. And I think for the most part, K-State fans, the the starting five was a known commodity, but where I've been surprised is with Walker with sides Uh, Walker, I believe redshirt freshman sides, true freshman, both Kansas kids as well they've had some big time moments already this season. Was it, was it expected that they were going to hit the ground running with the program that quickly, or did that even surprise you guys a little bit? No, not, it didn't surprise us at all. they they put the work in both are hard workers, both, um, both you could see in the summer. Uh, you could see tangible things in the summer that they did very, very well. They got better every day. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised at all by this. You know, one of the things that I feel like um, people can get caught up in the starters. I really feel like we've got eight starters. Um, we, we've got one of the stronger, when you talk about Sanchez, Walker, and Sides being our first three off the bench, we get better offensively at times when a lot of people get worse. And that is a big advantage for me. You know, a lot of times when we pull Yoki out and we're able to put in Sanchez and them, you would see a drop off. But that group has scored the ball very well. They've played together very well. So that's been a big key to our success is to have that kind of group that uh, can come off the bench. So um, I, I'm fortunate that I feel like we've got eight starters and and any of them could start at any moment. Yeah, and, and that's been the exciting part for a fan because, again, uh, when, when you have eight eight players who, who can put the ball in the hoop, uh, it, it makes it really fun from a fan perspective. I imagine it's awesome for you. Before we get going, quick shout-out to our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Not only do they have the best-looking, most comfortable, officially licensed K-State apparel, so you can be the most stylish fan when you walk into Bramlage this season – to cheer on your top 15 K-State Wildcats. They also have great partnerships with Wildcat NIL, so you can get the Aoka Lee and Gabby Gregory NIL shirt as well. Uh, Real quick, I want to touch on defense. Uh, uh, You had a historic night when it comes to holding down a great Iowa team up in Iowa City, especially with their efficiency, and then you go toe-to-toe with them again. Uh, But when you just roll through box scores, again, you're dominating some of these teams, putting up big points, but you're holding teams to historic and season lows on the defensive side of things. How pleased are you to see that level of defense early on in the season? Yeah, I, I've been pleased um, for the most part. I think that uh, the the areas we've continued to get better at, we've guarded the ball better than we did a year ago. Um and we've guarded it one-on-one better. I think one of the things, the goal coming in was that um, because we've got good size at the guard spot, we've got uh, pretty good athletes that if we could keep the ball in front of us and we could get up in the shot line, we could be tough to score against. The obvious is we knew getting Lee back was going to be a big anchor in the paint, and that was going to be tough to score on. But we needed our guards to really improve, and 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 they have, and they have. And 
I still think there's a lot of areas that we can do better. I've been pleased with our ball screen rotations. That was an area that we wanted to improve on. Um, I've been pleased with that. Um, I do think that we'll get challenged here in the next three games. Stylistically, we've got some teams that uh, uh, shoot the three a lot. We've got some teams that uh, will push the pace. Um, these are all things that uh, we need to continue to improve on. But but all in all, I think we've um, we've been pretty good. Last question before we end with a festive four pack. Uh, how do you manage the massive expectations and, and now – uh, I, I don't want to say hopes and dreams, but the, the K-State fan base is now truly buying in. We do weekly Q&A shows, and now for the last three weeks, we've had four or five questions all talking about NCAA seeding. Can this women's basketball team compete for the Big 12 championship? Do you guys shy away from it? Do you try to say, hey, block the outside noise, focus on who we are, or, or do you kind of realize, all right, this team is good. This team can do and accomplish things that we haven't seen in a long time in Manhattan and embrace that. How do you manage that as a head coach? You know, I, I tell you, um, I told this team very early on, um, very early on that I knew we were a good basketball team. I didn't need anybody else's validation to tell me that. Um, I could tell by their work ethic. I could tell by the time they were in the gym. I could tell by their unselfishness. And if they kept those things as part of their DNA, I didn't need the AP poll to tell me that we were a good team. I didn't need the coaches poll. I didn't need fans on Twitter to tell me those things. And, and um, by the same token, um, same old thing, block out the good noise. You know, we beat Missouri and I kind of, I, I jokingly uh, came into practice. I, you know, cause we had had so many pats on the back, you know, and I said, I go, boy, guys, we're just awesome, aren't we? We're just the best team ever. We've, we're just unbelievable right now. It just feels so good. And they're like, they're laughing. They're going, oh shit, here it comes. <laughs> and I said, look, let me explain something to you. You can read your horoscope today, and you can feel pretty good. Okay, it'll tell you all the great things in life, blah blah blah. But I said, look, it only matters who's here at practice. We know what looks good. We, we got to put the work in and a lot of the same people that praise you now were criticizing you three months ago. And that's not the fan base, but that's, you know, the same people that didn't have us in the poll, the same people that didn't. So I don't, we don't pay a lot of attention to that. I think though it is human nature to like the pats on the back, to like walking out of St. Joe and I had a lot of friends and, and them telling, and, and that is awesome for our team. Uh, that is awesome. But I believe we have a good basketball team. I believe that um, um, we do need to block out the bad noise when we don't play very well or, or we, but, but look, we've got goals. Those goals aren't going to change. Um, I don't want us, I want us to play the game, embracing the opportunity to play great and have zero fear of losing, zero fear of losing, because we can lose and still be a really, really good basketball team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. And, um, but I want us to play with that attitude that we have zero fear of losing and we're going to embrace every opportunity to play our best. And that's how I handle it with our group. All right, now it's going to be time for the Festive Four Pack brought to you guys by Manhattan Brewing Company. One of the most festive spots to grab a pint in Manhattan right there on Points Avenue. And be polite, but be forceful and tell your local liquor store here in the state of Kansas to start stacking Manhattan Manhattan Brewing Company four packs. All right, we're going to get into it. Um, The first question, Christmas falls right in the thick of basketball season. So do you have any Christmas traditions that you're able to keep going? Or is it like, all right, hey, you know, I I enjoy the season, but uh, it's game time. Yeah, um, no, I think it's a good break for coaches. I think it's a good break for for our team. I mean, we, we're so used to that. But um, our Christmas tradition is always that um, now that our, our children are young adults and they, they, they're married, they'll come in. We'll have a really nice dinner the night of the 23rd. We'll head to Kansas City. We've got a family event Christmas Eve. And so those are two things that are pretty, pretty consistent with um, – uh, with our family and and uh, it's enjoyed i i believe that uh you know I, i'm only going to get about 48 to 72 hours so i'm going to enjoy every bit of that little break here um and and get back to it hey that's a great way to go about it do you enjoy christmas music at all if so what's your favorite christmas song boy i do enjoy christmas music i wouldn't say that um I don't know that I have a, a favorite Christmas song, but um, generally at the house, I mean, like, you know, we were decorating the other night. My wife was asking me for some help, which is never good. Um, and so uh, she had the Christmas music on. I don't know. I would say, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Jingle Bells. I don't know. That's a that's a good one, right? I mean, that's a, that's a good solid one. You feel good. I mean... <laughs> Hey, that, that that is a good one. I, I I like that one. Um, if you had to nominate someone who works with K State Athletics or for K State Athletics to be the next Santa Claus, who or you know one night pinch hit for Santa Claus, who at K State could do the best job? Uh, it, it it's a no brainer, uh, Coach Nick, and and the fact that it's Saint Nick uh, that that would be even easier. But um, he's the guy in the office that. Um, goes around early in the year, like August, September, and ask everybody their three favorite treats. And then he goes and buys them and puts them in, uh, you, you know, everybody has them in their drawer. Now, initially, I thought that was nice for, for you know, us if we're working late. But I found out that I think he likes to go into, he knows where the treats are. So he likes to go in everybody's office to, uh, so he'd be a great one. He'd be a great one. He'd make sure everybody had exactly what they wanted for, for Christmas. And last one, have you ever had fruit cake? And if so, did you like it? Uh, the answer is yes and no. Um, I had it, spit it out can't stand it won't have it again well there you go uh coach Mitty. thank you so much for joining us uh i I always give the guests kind of a final word if you want to tell the boneheads which is what we call the fans of this show or any k-state fan who decides to listen to this episode what would you like to tell them no hey appreciate the support i i really appreciate the fans and i hope we see packed houses in uh, bramlage for both us and the men um, I hope our attendance picks up. This is a fun team to watch. This is a fun team to coach. 
Um, you can be proud of this group because it is a really, really quality group of people that um, uh, have been a blast to coach and uh, just want to get better and, and play well. So hope to see everybody in Bramlage. Have a great Christmas and uh, enjoy the holidays, and, and we'll see you after the first of the year. Yeah, no, I, I already grabbed my tickets for the Texas game and a couple other Big 12 games, so I'll be in there. I hope everyone joins me. Uh, and thanks so much for your time. Uh, look, I, I think when this drops, it's going to be Monday the 18th, so hopefully it's a, a big win over North Florida on Saturday. Uh, but for Coach Mitty, I want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. My name's Scott McFarland. We love you guys, and go Cats. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight Podcast Network.